Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me, as always, is Mike. How you doing, Mike? Oh, wonderful. And you know exactly why I'm doing wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I, I got your live reaction via text. Um, do you, do you want to you talk about it? Well, um, I've prepared a statement. Okay. Okay. Yep, uh, go for it. Hit I'm it. I have my papers here. That's how you know it's a, <laughs> it's not a papers. <clears throat> Last night in the Jets Bills game, a moment happened that will be much discussed for at least a week, potentially the rest of the season. Our own nipples was removed. The third nipple, so to speak, was taken off the body of the NFL, and Aaron Rodgers went down with an injury. Now, many of you are probably expecting me to say a lot of things here, to kick him while he's down, so to speak. But out of respect for someone who's injured, I will simply say this. No amount of healing crystals is going to help him now. Aaron Rodgers is done for the season. So that does mean that people like me don't get a chance to be proven right. I never thought he was going to have a great season. I thought he was going to have a good season, which is enough to get the Jets into the playoffs. Now I think things are a little bit unquestioned. Things are a little bit open-ended, and I think there's a lot of unanswered questions now that the New York Jets have to face. But at the end of the day, I'm going to say this. Aaron Rodgers is done. He's finished for the season. Drop him from your fantasy league. That is my official recommendation. Goodbye, Aaron Rodgers. We will see you probably never. Okay, I have one comment and one question. Okay. Uh, the comment is, I think this will be talked about for much longer than a week. I think probably, probably for the rest of the season. <laughs> probably the rest of, that's about. why I threw that in yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> for a week um, or the rest of the season. <laughs> and so now my question is, is and, and please do correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it seems like, is the theme of your statement that Aaron Rodgers is selfish for having an Achilles injury that prevents you from being proven right now? What I'm saying is that because of circumstances, we now don't get to see what Aaron Rodgers could have been. I don't think he's selfish, but I do think that he's a pro- supposed to be a professional athlete. That was not a sack. That was not even anything. That was barely a hit. And this per- quote-unquote professional athlete was injured in one of the softest plays I think I've ever seen. You know who gets injured in plays like that? Me. And I'm a slob. <laughs> I'm an absolute disaster of a human being. I have never been in worse shape and in worse physical and mental condition in my entire life right now. And I step over a puddle and pull my groin. So no, he's he's absolutely ridiculous as a human being. He spends all his time. This I wasn't even getting into this. And then you had to ask your stupid question. Am I saying he's selfish? I'm saying he's stupid. I'm saying he's a moron. I'm saying he's somebody who doesn't, he, he denies science. He denies life. Everyone's so mad because he carried the American flag last night because he, he denies 9-11 and he denies the earth is round. He denies science and medical things and because he's such a critical thinker and he believes he's so much better than everyone else. And now because of his lack of physical fitness, the guy looks skinny and doesn't look fit to play football. He's out on a play that, Josh, you could have survived that hit and not been 
He couldn't because he's like me. I couldn't have survived it because I, I have nothing. Those are my thoughts and feelings. Well, I'm glad you have faith in my physical ability, I guess. More um, so than that. Like, come on. That was <laughs> nothing. When that play happened, he went down. I thought, oh, maybe he, like, pulled a muscle. Because, again, he's out of shape. He's skinny, but he's not fit. And those two things are very different things. Like, I don't think he's been taking very good care of himself. I don't think he did the things that he needed to do to be ready for football. That's all beside the point. Fluke accident. Things happen. It happened. It is what it is. But at the end of the day, that was a nothing play. And he's his, his season's over and his career might be over. I know they're saying he wants to come back and he's not going to want to end that way. But like, is he is? I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is willing to do enough stuff to put the healing crystals down and to do rehab in the right way. I don't know. Like maybe he's changed, but I, I just don't know. Maybe getting away from Blue of Earth was helpful. I have no idea. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, it it has sparked another round of conversation though regarding turf versus grass in the football fields. So that will be a probably an ongoing co- topic throughout the whole season as more and more injuries happen. Um, I don't think turf really has any direct impact on an Achilles tear. Um, no. I think, I think there's probably an argument for like the ACL tears. Um, I don't think you can really account to it. And, and I could very well be wrong. I am not a doctor or a scientist or anything like that. Um, I, I just don't think, I don't, in my opinion, think it was really a factor in this one, but I, I can see them continuing that conversation throughout this year, like they did last year. Um, yeah, but, I mean, yes. that conversation's been ongoing, though. Like, that's, oh, yeah, it, yeah. It, it may be re-sparked because of this, but that was an ongoing conversation anyway. It's not like people are trying to make excuses. Like, there's a million different things that went into this. That's what makes it kind of an accident and just sort of a fluky thing because there's, like, a million factors. I just think it's a little ridiculous. Like, even, even watching Peyton Manning's reaction to it, I, I just... I'm sitting here going, I think a lot of people are going, really? That was it? Like you, you couldn't, you couldn't stand what? 45 seconds in, four in the plays. NFL this year. Four, four plays. plays. He yeah. couldn't last four plays. And I, I just, again, I look, I look at him. He looks, he's older now. He does not look in the same shape that he was before. He seems skinny. He's lost some muscle mass. I just don't know how prepared he was for the season. I really don't. So, how much did he play in the preseason? I don't even know. Not much. A little bit, though, but not much. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, which most of the starters don't. But look, at like, Burrow looked hurt. He he hurt himself and has gone for the season. Allen didn't look good. Like, a lot of star quarterbacks who barely played in preseason did not look good in week one. And we're going to talk about overreaction week because it's only one week of the season. But still, he didn't look good. And I, I there's a part of me that is frustrated because... He, like no one should be sitting here feeling sorry for Aaron Rodgers. He's making th- he's going to make thirty seven million dollars this year, whether or not he plays or not. Like he's fine. Don't worry about Aaron Rodgers. Well, as a result of the injury, so now the Jets actually owe the Packers a second round twenty twenty four pick instead of a first because Rodgers did not play sixty five percent of the snaps for the Jets this season. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Even hurts the Packers. Even One still, more. even still hurts the Packers. Yep. <laughs> One more jab on his way out. That's right. Uh, and speaking of Joe Burrow, so just prior to uh, week one and after we recorded, Joe Burrow and the Bengals agreed to a $275 million five-year extension. Um, 
we're, we're going to talk about Joe Burrow in a bit during the conquerors and bus section. Um, but J, uh, Aaron Rodgers wasn't alone in tearing his Achilles in week one because J.K. Dobbins also tore his Achilles out and he will be out for the season. Uh, so that put a big, but between the two injuries, that, that could have been catastrophic for your fantasy football team if you had both of those guys on your team. Um, hopefully you didn't, but uh, I, I'm very disappointed with the J.K. Dobbins news because I wanted to see how he, how he did this year with like, two fully recovered legs like we talked about in the offseason how it kind of looked like he was still trying to get the strength back in the one last year I wanted to see how he looked back to like full strength and we saw less than a full game from him um, and now he's out with an Achilles tear in the same leg that was previously injured so you know I didn't I didn't want to get into it and this is your fault like you, you end up putting me in a situation Josh where I come off as a jerk for kicking someone while he's injured. I didn't want to get into it. I just wanted to make my statement and moved on, but you decided we had to talk about it. And now we have, you know, seven minutes of me bashing an injured guy. Well, I'm sorry that I am an inquisitive person. I had a question. Well, question answered. Yeah. Um, as a result of JK Dobbins injury, uh, Melvin Gordon was elevated from the practice squad so we have a, uh, a pretty murky situation in Baltimore's backfield. Uh, Chris Jones and the Kansas City Chiefs came to terms on a one-year deal ending his holdout. I guess losing to the Lions was a good enough incentive for the Chiefs to make sure they got that deal done and boost their, their defense. <laughs> yep, That would do it. Yep, that worked about as well as possible for Chris Jones, I think. Um, and then we got some injury news we're going to talk about. We're not going to get into like all the guys who are sitting out Wednesday's practice. Uh, we're recording this week on Wednesday. Uh, we're not going to get into the guys who are limited because by the time you're listening to this on Friday, all of that could be outdated. So we're just going to talk about the major injuries that happened over the weekend because those are going to have the most long-term effect on your fantasy football roster. So wide receiver Deontay Johnson for the Steelers and tight end Greg Dulcich for the Broncos both suffered hamstring injuries that are going to sideline them for a few weeks. Uh, Deontay Johnson has been estimated at about four weeks. I haven't seen an accurate number for Dulcich yet, just that it was multiple weeks. Uh, Jacoby Myers is in the concussion protocol with the changes that have been made in the concussion protocol over the past couple of years. It's not a guarantee that he'll be back in time for week two. So just keep an eye if he's on your roster, how he's progressing through that concussion protocol, because it is a multi-step process. Now, Aaron Jones had a hamstring injury uh, after one of his touchdowns that he said was minor. And I guess was telling, I don't know if it was teammates or reporters uh, during the game or after, shortly after the game that he could have gone back in if it was necessary. But if you watched that game against Chicago, it, it very much was not necessary. They had the game in the bag. And Austin Eckler is dealing with an ankle injury. As of recording right now, there's not a lot of detail into the exact specifics of it. Um, it's not sure if this is something that's going to sideline him, if it's something that's just going to kind of maybe he's going to have to monitor and they're going to have to game manage and just maybe lighten his reps, or if it's something a lot more serious. Like he did finish the game. He, he finished very well. So it seems like it's something he can play on, but keep an eye on that, especially if he's on your roster, or even if he's not, and you can go and get Joshua Kelly, because it seems like he's Eckler's backup. If he's still out, 
as a free agent. Uh, obviously, waiver wires have passed by the time you're listening to this, but if he's still out there, go and scoop him up just in case if Eckler misses any time because it seems like Kelly might be the lead guy. Yeah, if Eckler if Eckler's going to miss time or even if they decide to reduce his uh, his usage in week two because of concerns of injury, then yeah, you might be in a situation where you can grab someone for nothing because no one else is looking at him and then have some some points at him this week. It's definitely something to like keep keep an eye on and kind of see uh, see what happens. Yeah, just keep it in your back pocket, you know? Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to uh, a Conquerors and Bus. Real quick before we get into that, just want to remind everyone, if you have any questions for us, you can reach us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, X, Threads, at Conquer Your Draft. You can go to ConquerYourDraft.com. We've got a podcast page on there, fill out a form. And we have a Patreon. If you want uh, waiver wire suggestions, trade target suggestions, additional start-sit options, start-sits for Thursday night football, become a conqueror today, join our Patreon page, and go to patreon.com slash conqueryourdraft, or you can go to conqueryourdraft.com and click the link on there. Let's get into it. It's worth have. noting. It's worth noting. We, we both tied, and we're 13 for 20 in our starts and sits last week. It's worth noting yep. that. We did tie. So we yep. did tie. And if anyone wants to keep track of us during the year, it is up on our website. So you can go to conqueredraft.com. All the information's there. You can see how our players, at least the ones that we drafted here, are the four, uh, one in each key position. All that the in the total. Dream are up team. There. The dream team. Uh, you're up by only like three points on me or something because we, we tied in a couple areas because both of our tight ends didn't play. Um, but yeah, we were 13, we were both 13 for 20 in week one. So that's pretty good yeah. to start. Six, at 65%. In a weird week. <laughs> in a, yeah, considering the some of the names that are going to be in this bust category. Yeah, I'll take the 65% for this week. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. C's get degrees, you know? Yeah. All right. Let's talk quarterback conquerors. So Tua Tagovailoa. 33.1 fantasy points. Mac Jones with 30.1 points. Jordan Love, 29 points. Patrick Mahomes, not really a surprise, 23.5 points. And Anthony Richardson, 22.9 points. Yeah, he had a good game. He did. But I I hope week one and, and him being forced out with an injury was a bit of a lesson for him mm-hmm. because that is exactly how you have a a three or four game season and then you lose your knee or your ankle or whatever, taking all those shots the way he was. Yeah. You got to throw the ball you got to slide. You got to, you got to like, especially if you're out of the pocket running, you have to slide. If you can't find like uh, Mahomes and Allen are also really good at finding the sidelines in runs. Richardson just like took hit after hit after hit. And he was going out of his way to do it. Like he was dropping the shoulder on these guys. Like we know you're tough. Like we understand you're tough. Like we we don't have to prove yourself. (laughs) Yeah, like you're here. Like you don't have to prove yourself. Yeah. So hopefully he did learn that lesson because he did have a great week. Um, Yeah, because if he could do that week in and week out, yeah, he's easily going to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback, but he's got to stay healthy and on the field. Yes, he does. Yeah. Um, So that, that was my one comment for that was just I hope. He learns that lesson. And Mac Jones out of nowhere against the Eagles defense. Like, he's someone I'm keeping my eye on because if now that he has got Bill O'Brien in there instead of uh, whatever was going on last year, like, 
maybe this is finally the year he makes that step forward and the Patriots actually could give, especially now with the Jets losing Aaron Rodgers, like they could be given a run for the playoffs again. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. It, it you know, it might be a one one week wonder. Um, yeah, for him, one hundred percent possible. Yeah, you never know. And like, honestly, at the end of the day, he, you, you know, he had a good week. He played well enough to be obviously QB like two, which which is wild. Um, and against a good Eagles team, so if he can keep that up, he he might be somebody worth worth watching. But yeah, I I I'm gonna have to believe it when I see it with the Patriots. There's just been yeah, too many I want to. Just not worked. I'm a Patriots fan, and I want to see a couple more weeks of it before I'm willing to buy it. So I, I fully yeah. get that. Yep. Uh, let's talk quarterback busts. So Josh Dobbs for Arizona, less than one fantasy point. Uh, I mean, one thing I will quickly say: he may have been a bust, but like Arizona <laughs> somehow played a lot better than I thought. I thought they would. Yeah, and that was a weird game. That, that, yeah, they kept that game close. It wasn't a great game, but they kept they kept it close, which frankly is kind of what you got to do anyway. Um, but yes, he was obviously not good, which I think is, well, pretty much expected. I just didn't think that game was going to be that close. No, no, me either. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, 2.4 fantasy points. Joe Burrow, 3.1 fantasy points. Nobody panic. It's just one. The week. weather was was terrible, and, yeah, and he, I don't think he's healthy. I don't think he's one hundred percent. No, he was doing some stuff with his leg on the sideline. Uh, the one with the calf sprain, uh, he was still like working it out. I think it's his right leg. I'm I'm, I'm yeah. not entirely sure, uh, but yeah, he's still dealing with it. Whether it's like maintenance or he's still working with some stuff, I don't know. But I fully expect him to bounce back this week. Uh, same with Lamar Jackson, 6.5 fantasy points. Not a good week for the Ravens uh, offensively, despite the score of the game. They they killed the Texans, but just wasn't really good for the fantasy options outside of Flowers. Yeah, no, it, it was not. They, you know, they they look good on the score sheet, but they just couldn't get it done in fantasy. No, no. Uh, Bryce Young, nine and a half fantasy points, and Josh Allen in Monday Night Football with eleven fantasy points, getting picked off three times by the same player on the Jets. Yeah, to and me then that's losing to the Jets. Yeah, like yeah. to me, that's more concerning than Bro because he's shown Allen's shown signs of this in critical games before. Um, so you're hoping he's not going a Kirk Cousins route, where when the spotlight's on, it's not good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's, it's a little, to me, that's a little bit more concerning. Again, it is only one week, but the bills, I think losing that pivotal division game, especially when, when Rogers goes down like that, um, that's, that's more of an issue. Yeah, that's fair. Moving on to running backs, Aaron Jones, 25.7 fantasy points, Christian McCaffrey with 24.4, including a 65 yard touchdown run. That was amazing to watch. Austin Eckler had 24.4 fantasy points as well. Tyler Algier, 22.9 fantasy points. <laughs> yeah. Um, what a situation in Atlanta. They're just like, hey, we've got Kyle Pitts, we've got Drake London, and we're going to throw the ball never. We're just going to yep. run between yeah. Bijan and Algier. Like, we're running the ball. And I'm pretty sure they had something like half the team's targets too, just the, yes. the two running backs. You're like, what is going on in Atlanta? Yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, if they keep doing that, 
they'll they'll be in good shape. I mean, they've got two extremely good running young running backs. If if they keep doing that all season and it works for them, I mean, Atlanta's going to be a better team than I thought. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have a passing game. But if they have a dual threat running game, especially if you can throw those like what do they call those like high percentage or low percentage throws where it's just like oh you're going to catch this probably not going to be an interception and then it's all high, yak yards high percentage yeah, high percent, um yeah. i high, think those, high complete is. yes i think those types of passes are what they have to do because they just don't have a gunslinging quarterback which again hurts kyle pitts and drake london fans out there but i think in terms of tyler algier and obviously B. John Robinson, this could be a pretty good one-two punch for the Falcons. Not just this year, but moving forward. Like that's that's a good sign. Oh, absolutely. I just don't think they can do what they did last week weekly. Like, no, I they're not I mean, they're not no, playing definitely. uh they're not playing that caliber of opponent every week, you know? Like no. you don't you don't get to just run the ball down the throat of like I don't like the Patriots defense or the Jets defense or Cowboys defense. Right. So like when you play teams like that, I think you have to pass. And I think this week against the Packers will be a, a nice, I don't know, like temperature check to see like, okay, how committed are we to this run only offense? Yeah. And it's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Cause the Packers had a good game last week against Chicago. We were talking about it um, offline and I don't, again, I think that was more, Chicago did not play well offensively. So it, it's hard to tell where the Packers defense stands. So this might be a bit of a better test for them because if they, if they can repeat that, if they can do it again, then like Tyler, Tyler Algier suddenly gets on the map when he wasn't before because of Bijan Robinson. Like if they find a way to work them both in there, like, wow, that, that could, that could be really beneficial if you have it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, some busts at running back. We got Isaiah Pacheco, 7.4 fantasy points. Javante Williams, 7.7. Now, that being said, like, the fact that he did as much as he did is a good sign. So, you know, yes, he was a bust in terms of his actual finish, but definitely a positive sign considering what he's coming back from. Um, Josh Jacobs, 8.1 fantasy points. Kenneth Walker, 8.7. And Joe Mixon, 8.8. That's three pretty big names with three yes. very low scores. It's also worth noting that Joe Mixon was the only one on the Bengals that was able to do anything. Yes. So yeah. even though that 8.8, like I think kind of the same asterisk has to be assigned to him as Williams. Like I think that's a pretty good sign though, because in tough, when their offense isn't working, Mixon was still the one getting positive. Yeah, that so, was a hard fought for eight yes, points. It was, yeah. So against the weaker defense... And if Burrow finally clicks a little bit more, I think you might be able to see Burrow. Like, Joe Mixon's someone who you, I think you can still count on right now. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, for wide receivers, Tyreek Hill, my uh, lord and savior, 39 fantasy points. Absolutely ridiculous. Just um, oh, what a treat that was to watch. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, that, that game... <laughs> Was was the game I wanted to watch? That was a great watch. game. Yeah, I couldn't watch it though. I had to look at all. I watched all the highlights, but I it was the only one I didn't get of, of, oh, of no. all my games. It was like the wow. one game. I was like, oh, I want to watch that one, and I didn't get it. Um, but awesome. but yes, all the highlights were really good, and that was just a two two offenses just really making it an entertaining entertaining game from what I saw. Yeah, no, it, it was a very entertaining game. That was one of the ones that I wanted to watch as well, and I was able to. It was a, a great game to watch. 
Um, Brandon Ayuk, 28.9 fantasy points. Jacoby Myers, 24.6. Kendrick Bourne, 21.4. Kind of piggybacking off of that great Mac Jones week. Uh, Stefan Diggs, uh, despite all the issues Buffalo had, he had a great week with 21.2 fantasy points. He was yeah. kind of the only one on the offense who was able to do anything either. Yeah, 100 yards, touchdown. Yep, he, he, yep. Was, he was doing what he was supposed to, yeah. Yeah, just nobody else got the memo. Yeah. Uh, and Calvin Ridley with 20.1, so he kind of put to bed uh, the narrative of which Calvin Ridley we're going to see. Now, <laughs> yeah. hopefully he can keep doing it. But Yes, yeah, will it be sustainable? Yeah. To me, to me is the question, but he certainly proved a lot of people, including me wrong with the first week. Um, so fantasy owners who did take kind of a swing on him were probably really happy in week one. I don't know how sustainable it will be, but if it is, I mean, the Jags are a team that they were in a bit of a harder fought game against Indianapolis than they expected, but they came out with a win. And I think, you know, if Trevor Lawrence can just throw less picks. They'll be in a lot better, <laughs> better shape. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, wide receiver bus, Calvin Ridley's teammate, Christian Kirk with 1.4 fantasy points. That's my boy. <laughs> that's your boy. The boy did not do good. No. Nope. <laughs> um, Tyler Lockett had two fantasy points. Adam Thielen, 2.2. That's not really too shocking given the Carolina situation. Yeah. DJ Moore, three and a half fantasy points. Now that disappointed a lot of fantasy managers out there. Um, they had big expectations for him coming in with Fields in Chicago. Terry mm-hmm. McLaurin, 4.1. And Odell Beckham Jr., your other boy, 4.7. Yeah. <laughs> not, not a good opener for a couple of your guys there, buddy. No, but I mean, I don't have Odell, at least. Um, no, but, that's but true. I, I am, more, I am uh, more high on him than other people are. But yes, certainly in terms of uh, Christian Kirk, who I have... Um, he, you know, oh man, my bench was awful. Like I won my my game this week in, in our house league, but I um, it was because my high end players did with more or less what they were supposed to do, except for Chase, and my bench was just dreadful. Like I had no, I have no depth coming into this week, so I, I actually had to sort of address that a little bit. I'm like, okay, I need to bring in some players who performed here to just try to give me some options because if if my bench continues along that way, I might be in trouble. Yeah, bye weeks and injuries could absolutely derail you, yeah. Uh, and let's finish off with tight ends. Uh, conquerors at the tight end position were, <laughs> you know, it's a bit of a stretch, I guess. But, okay, Hunter Henry, 14 fantasy points, not too bad. Hayden Hurst, yeah. 12.6, yeah, all right. And yeah. that was it for double digits. Uh, <laughs> I know, there's two of them, two of them. <laughs> the, the difference between tight end number four and tight end number 20 was like three and a half fantasy points. Absolutely. And and their tight ends, like the next two names, are not exactly on your radar. No. Donald Parham Jr., 9.6, and Blake Bell with 8.2. And if you want to get into the bus, we got Chico Zima Conquo, zero points. Isaiah Likely, less than a point, filling <laughs> in for Mark Andrews, which was last year a great time. This week, Disaster. not so much. Yeah, <laughs> and and that goes back to the whole Ravens offense, like we talked about. Like it was just a bad time. Uh, Greg Dulcich, three point two points, and now he got he left with a hamstring injury. So like, yeah. I guess we can understand that. Uh, Gerald Everett, three point three. George Kittle, three point four. David Njoku, three point four. Like just terrible, 
terrible week for tight ends. Like unless yeah. you just happen to gamble. Well, Mike, you gambled on Hurst to replace right. Andrews. It worked I out did. for you. I did. Um, and the rest of us were just hoping the rest of our lineup carried the weight. So honestly, it was a genius move by me. I picked him up late yeah, and let's said I'm going to throw Hayden okay. Hurst in there, and he was genius. It was an absolute, yeah. uh, an absolute great move. Yeah, that's enough. All right, settle down. <laughs> let's dive into our starts and sits for week two. See if we can't break this tie. All right, Mike. Yeah, I'm ready to go. We got uh, we got lots of interesting names in here. I'm I'm ready to ready to dive into it. Yep. All right, we'll start off with our quarterbacks. I've got Anthony Richardson as my start this week because it uh, seems like he survived relatively unscathed, just a knee injury. Uh, a, I think a bruise to his knee is what it was classified as, or just a sore knee. He's back yeah. to practice already today. It seems like he's going to be fine. And like we talked about earlier in the show, hopefully he learned his lesson. He's not going to take as many shots and just learns to run smarter. You know, like mm-hmm. work smart, not hard, run, run smarter, and then slide. You know, we don't need that additional yard every time. You know what I mean? If it's a difference between getting into the end zone or not, then okay, drop the shoulder and get in there. But otherwise, like, let's just calm down and try to make a career out of this. Okay. Yep. I think that, Who do you uh, got, Mike? That makes sense. Uh, Brock Purdy from the 49ers. I think he, uh, he, he and the 49ers had a really good week. They spoiled the party in Pittsburgh. I think there was a lot of energy in Pittsburgh of thinking they were going to like, they had this young team want to see what they're like. San Francisco just jumped all over them. Um, I think Brock Purdy is someone that you could throw in there. If you're, if you're, if you don't have one of those high end top quarterbacks, um, if you're confused as to who to play, maybe you can even pick them up off waivers. Brock Purdy going up against Los Angeles this week. I think the offenses will be trying to kind of outdo each other a little bit. So I, I predict this game could be pretty close. Um, Purdy had two touchdowns, 20 points in, in week one. I think he's one of those quarterbacks you can start to count on. I really do. We saw it out of Jimmy Garoppolo before he was hurt. San Francisco quarterbacks, they, they might not get you 35 points, but they might get you 20 as opposed to 12 or nine. Like they're going to stay in that consistent area. Brock Purdy's Mr. Consistent. That's his nickname from now on. All right. You heard it here first. Who is your quarterback sit? Well, you know, they call him Mr. Irrelevant. Well, yeah, because he was the last pick in the draft. Yeah, Yeah. But now he's Mr. Consistent, as far as I'm concerned. That's a nicer nickname. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you got to sit, Mike? Russell Wilson. Everyone will be freaking out a little bit because he didn't didn't have a terrible (laughs) week in week one. He's not good. This team is not good. If if you're sitting here with Russell Wilson, you're probably someone who's like, oh, I have Russell Wilson and I have Kenny Pickett. Or I have like two guys that I'm kind of – trying to figure out what they're going to do. You've got to sit Russell Wilson. I don't think you're going to see consistent play out of him. Um, like, you know, off the top of my head, I, I don't have in front of me who they're playing, but I, I remember noting I don't like the matchup. Um, and there might be some thoughts to throw what Russell Wilson in there. He had an okay first week. Uh, they're playing Washington. Um, yeah. I think Washington's going to shut them down. I think Washington does have a decent defense. I think they had a bit of a misstep in a weird first game, but I don't think Russell Wilson's someone who's worth starting. Sit Russell Wilson. Although I think if you if Kenny Pickett is your backup, I think you might as well stick with Russell Wilson in that. No, scenario. no. If that's the if that's the pace, go find, see if you can get Richardson or Purdy. Like yeah. we gave you two options. Go get go a third option. Yeah. yeah, like good, like <laughs> dump one of them because I don't. I, yeah, I don't. I don't. I think Kenny Kenny Pickett. To me, I would keep someone like Pickett. And, and Purdy or Pickett and Richardson over Russell Wilson. Like, I think, yes, if he has an amazing season, someone or you can go pick him up later, 
he's not going to. I don't think it's going to work for them there. I think there's too much of uh, personality issues there. Russell Wilson, sit him. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, my sit at quarterback this week is Matthew Stafford. So he looked back to back to regular form against the Seahawks. They 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 smacked him in the mouth. But uh, this week he's going up against the 49ers, who we saw still have an elite defense, and that is not a good matchup for Matthew Stafford. I don't think they're going to be able to replicate their week one uh, yeah. upset. I think, I think a lot this, of people are, are thinking they will, though. Like, a lot of people say, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm going to throw Stafford in there. But No, I, I fully understand all the hype around, uh, I, I, I probably am not going to say his name right, uh, Puka Nakua? Is that? I don't, I, don't know check. Tra- I don't know who that is. What? Oh, oh his receiver? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah uh, okay. Nakuda, Nakuda, isn't it? N- Nakua, N-A-C-U-A. okay. Yeah, Puka Nakua. I I understand if you want to take a shot on him because if he's going to keep getting fifteen yes. targets each week, then yeah, yes. I would pick Absolutely. him up on waivers. Absolutely. Yeah, he got taken in our league, so I oh, was looking his someone, way. Someone grabbed him already. <laughs> yeah, I was looking his way, but uh, I also because of where I am in the rankings right now, I have the worst waiver wire priority, so I had to kind of be strategic with who I tried to pick up. Yeah, and, and I knew I wasn't getting him. Um. I can understand that, but yeah, leave leave Stafford on the bench because I think this is going to be a pretty rough week for him against the 49ers. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, moving on to running backs. Ramondre Stevenson. So Stevenson, despite going into last week with a stomach bug, splitting almost 50-50 with Ezekiel Elliott, he still had a really good game for, uh, for fantasy against a tough Eagles defense. And this week, they're going up against the Dolphins, so odds are it's going to be a high-scoring game based on what we saw last week between both offenses. And the Chargers had a field day against the Dolphins on the ground. Both Eckler and Josh Kelly were cutting them apart. So I think Stevenson, and probably to a lesser extent, Ezekiel Elliott, will be able to do the same. Uh, might not be able to put as many points up on the board, and they might have to bail away from the run game, but I think that's going to help Stevenson anyways because he is the more pass-catching back of the two. So I think he's in line for a pretty good week this week. Yeah, I mean you're gonna you're gonna need him to to, um, to catch catch some passes this week. Like you're gonna need that to happen. But he's he's the more likely back to get that to get balls thrown his way. So it makes sense. Um, okay, my my start is Tony Pollard. Um, so I think the the Jets uh, Cowboys game is going to be a pretty big defensive battle. The reason why I'm saying start Pollard is because if you watch the Jets Bills game, the only Bill who is really getting a lot of good consistent work was was actually Cook, the running back. Like he he was finding holes in that defense. Uh Allen was being picked all over the place, so it was mainly his fault. But I don't trust Dak Prescott. So with the with those young corners that the Jets have, Pre- Prescott might get into a bad situation where he's throwing into a lot of difficult coverage where balls are being picked. I think they will rely on Tony Pollard and he could have a really good week in a game that could turn into a defensive battle. And in that case, I trust Pollard to get more opportunities and to get you some yardage and to get some balls thrown his way. So I would say go ahead and and start Tony Pollard in what could be a defensive battle um, and see kind of where, where that goes for you. All right, who do you got for a sit at running back? 
any I'm I'm pulling a, a pulling a U. Yep. My Classic. sits are any of the Rams running backs who are no, who isn't named uh Akers. Because I think there might again overreaction. Rams kind of spread spread things out again. I do not think they're going to have a successful week offensively and get in the red zone as many times this week as they did last week. So I think the Rams in general, their offense is not going to be in the same area. But I think they will try to go back to Cam Akers and tried and true. When we get in trouble, let's go go back to our veteran, go back to the person that we've been working with. These other young running backs, I don't think there's a point in, in starting them this week. Maybe in another week. Maybe they start to get, you know, more action in another week, but I don't like the matchups for the Rams this week. So the instinct for everyone will be run around and grab those running backs who did well and score touchdowns. I say sit them. Keep them on. If you want to grab them, fine, but keep them on your bench. I don't think they're they're going to be able to get the job done this week. Yeah, I can understand it for, for this matchup. I, I would say start. I would sit Akers and all of them in this week particularly. Uh, just because of the 49ers defense, but I think uh, I think Akers really needs to ball out over the next couple of weeks, or else I think he might be either on the trading block again or in the back seat, and one of those other guys is going to take over for him just because of how much work they were given in Week One. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think he needs to step it up, uh, and and hopefully that yeah that that's what happens. But I just I I think the matchup's going to be bad this week. They they're going up against a team that I think defensively it's really hard to do those different things with, like especially mm-hmm, running the mm-hmm. ball. So I think, yeah, I think they might be in a bit of trouble this week. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that could be another big game for the 49ers and an opponent that doesn't do very much. Uh, my sit at running back is Brian Robinson Jr. So last week we saw he was the lead back for the commanders. He, he did pretty good for fantasy at 13 fantasy points. This week they're going up against the Broncos, though, who we just saw shut down Josh Jacobs. Like as as bad as weird and bad as things are on the Broncos offense, they've got a solid defensive unit. They know what they're doing. So I and I think that the Raiders and Jacobs are a much better situation than what we've got with Sam Howell and the and Robinson and the Commanders. So if Jacobs wasn't getting it done, I don't think Brian Robinson's getting it done this week. So if you've got a better option on your on your bench, I'd say fire them up and give give Robinson the week off. Yeah, I think that's a that's fair, especially for this week. I think that's fair. All right, at wide receiver, um, this might take up a lot of our time. Mike and I got into it about this <laughs> yeah. uh, prior to recording. Uh, I'll go first, and we'll just get mine out of the way. Um, Calvin Ridley. He's got a juicy matchup against the Chiefs. I think this could be a pretty high-scoring game uh, for both sides. Um, and we saw, like we talked about earlier, like he he made a splashy return last week. Let's see if he can't keep it rolling. And Trevor Lawrence is going to be throwing the ball a lot in this week, trying to keep up with the Chiefs. So I'd say Calvin Ridley is going to be a main recipient of that. All right, Mike. Uh, yeah, <laughs> my start. Let's my just get start this over with. is Jalen Waddle. So we're, the the argument we're having, the disagreement Josh and I are having, is not whether or not Jay, you should be starting Jalen Waddle or not. It's actually has very little to do with him and more to do with like where you would be ranking Jalen Waddle. Josh feels you should be starting him every week, regardless. That he's one of those players that you should have in your lineup. He's you know your number two receiver, and you're starting each week. I feel like there is an argument 
to be made that sometimes you're going to pull him out of your lineup, especially coming off an okay week. I think he had 7.8 points. Like he had seven or eight or nine points. Like he had a he had a below 10 point week. He was fine in the first week in an absolute offensive explosion because Tyreek Hill took a lot of those yards and receptions away from him. But heading in against New England, who generally is a tough defense, generally tough to play against, my thinking is some people might be thinking, oh, I'm going to maybe not play Jalen Waddell because Tyreek Hill is going to get most of the opportunities against New England. I'm saying, no, he should play this week. You should play him this week. You shouldn't fear putting him in there. And Josh and I just disagree on whether or not he's an every week starter. I'm not saying I wouldn't start in most weeks, but I'm putting him more in a fringe category of I could see the argument for a handful of times this year, pulling him out of the lineup. And I think that it warrants being able to choose him in a start and sit scenario. See, for me, like for average draft cost, he was one of the top 20 picks in the majority of drafts going in the top 10 wide receivers. So like, I, I just don't, I don't think there's very many rosters out there that have two running backs and two wide receivers, and then either a third wide receiver or third running back that are better than Waddle, especially with what you paid to get him in your draft. Because you had to get him in the first, at minimum, three rounds for him to even be on your team, right? It's like you don't have those those great options to pivot to. Like, yeah, you you, you might have, let's say, you have Jamar Chase on your team, like, like you do, Mike. Um Waddle would, would be your wide receiver too, because you probably don't have like some of those other guys like Olave, Higgins, uh Cooper Cup even. I mean, not that he's playing right now, but that's where he ended up ADP wise because of the injury. Uh Amari Cooper, Metcalf, Ridley, all those guys were going in that same kind of tier of draft picks um as those wide receiver twos. So I don't think like maybe you got lucky and you got the maybe you got, let's say, Chase Waddle and Metcalf or Ridley. I don't think you have three running backs as well that you could start over those guys. Cause that was probably at, at minimum three out of your first four picks, I would say. So odds are, yeah, maybe you have one good running back who's elite and then you got two flyers at running back or one of those picks went to your running back. And now you only got the two really good wide receivers and you you took a flyer on Drake London, Tyler Lockett. Look at how they did last week. Like I would take, I would bet my money on Waddle beating them every week, regardless of the matchup. See, and that's that's I think where we where we differ. I like one. I don't care about the value of the draft pick now because the draft's been over for a long time, and now we're in the after week one. So matchups matter. How they performed last week, what their trend is who they're playing, like that matters. And I get your point in terms of, well, you just might not have a roster that's strong enough. And I am looking at my roster and hey, listen, I'm one of the best fantasy players out there. So I have a great roster. So I understand, Josh, that that devalues it. And if you just admit right now that I'm one of the best, then we can, you know, understand um, where I'm coming from. But Jamar, like I have Jamar Chase, DK Metcalf, I have Keenan Allen. If I threw Waddle in there, I, I would have choices to make every week. And sometimes I'm putting Allen in. Sometimes I'm putting Metcalf in. Sometimes I'm putting Waddle in. But if you're talking about Tyler Lockett, there are, like, yes, the way he played last week, absolutely not am I choosing Lockett over, over Waddle. 
But if Lockett has even a remotely decent bounce back week, and then suddenly I'm in a scenario where I have Lockett and I have Waddle, there are matchups this year where I'm choosing Lockett over Waddle. So I, I just view him a little bit differently where I see him in the conversation with a lot of other wide receivers and wide receiver twos because Tyreek Hill is going to take away a lot. And there's only a few Tyreek Hills in there. But if you want to compare Tyreek Hill to Jamar Chase and then Waddle to, say, T. Higgins, I think that might be a fair comparison. And if you have Waddle and Higgins on your team, I could understand why most weeks you're playing Waddle. I just see scenarios where where you're not. If the other player is having a good go of it, if they have a couple good seasons, we're a little bit biased because of last week. Waddle performed okay when Tyreek Hill went off and had an amazing week, and Lockett literally didn't show up. So it's it's tough. It's tough in week one. I just view Waddle a little bit differently, and I think he's worth a discussion in in a week to week basis, and not not a lock on my team. Let us know. Uh, let us know where you fall on that side of the area. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, no, like in. I'm genuinely <laughs> interested, and and maybe there's a third third way of looking at it. You know that like you because like you you have yours. Um, like I focus on like in the draft, like who I drafted. Like I probably don't have a better option than him. Who's going to consistently be a better option than him? Um, you view. No, I'm just focusing solely on what I think is going to happen like this week. That's correct. Yes, um, because because yeah. yes, because I I want to live in the reality of what's happening. And that that's where you and I just differentiate. We have two different approaches to it. The reason why I don't care about draft value now is like I don't care. Like I don't care what other people are valuing some guy at. Like how he's performing now matters to me. And Waddle, he played okay in his first week in an offensive explosion. And that's my concern. Like you're not concerned at all that the Dolphins performed... Like, Tua had an amazing week. We, we agree there. Tua had an amazing week. Tyreek Hill had an amazing week. So when Tua's really cooking, and he's looking for Hill, and Hill's cooking, Jalen Waddle gets you less than 10 points. And that's... Yeah. I don't think that's we good saw, enough for RB that, that for wide receiver two on your team. I don't think that's good We, we not, saw not that last year, though. We saw that last year. And we would have weeks where Waddle... Did amazing, and Tyreek Hill got eight points. And then the next yeah. week, it was Tyreek Hill, and Waddle wasn't doing very good. And they both finished as top ten wide receiver, top seven wide receivers on the year. And so that I'm, could happen this year, but it also couldn't. We don't no, know. You're you're right, but I'm I'm going with the statistics and like the probability each week that he is going to have a big game is higher than than Lockett because Lockett's yeah. competing with yeah. Metcalf and Jackson Smith and Jigba, yeah. um, and Higgins is competing with. Uh, Chase and Boyd and whatever's going on with Joe Burrow's leg and that offense right now. So yeah. I just go with the statistical side of it. There's, he's more likely to have the big weeks than the other guy. So he's the one I'm going to keep in my lineup for that off chance. And it's the same thing with Tyreek Hill. Like I'm going to have Tyreek Hill in my lineup no matter what. Um, but I know I I know that there's going to be weeks out there where he's going to get me like six fantasy points because it was a waddle game or whatever happened. Uh, but it's worth it because of the games like this week where he had 39 points. So that's why I go with the statistics side of it. I would rather be right for the big game than wrong for the big game. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm just willing to roll the dice and bet on the probability. Um, but let us let us know where you fall on that. If, if you like Mike's approach, if you like mine, like or if there's some third approach that neither of us have thought of, like let us let us know where you <laughs> yeah. where you sit well, on it. 
Yeah, and it's situational too. Like in our league, the person who has Jalen Waddle is probably playing them every week because I don't think they have a deep receiver core. They've also got a lot of injury issues. I'm looking at their <laughs> their lineup right now, and they have a yeah. running back who's out, and they have a they have Cooper Cup who's out, and it's just like okay, well that you you have a depth issue, and like Drake London's definitely not going to per- outperform Waddle. Um, so it, in that situation, on that particular team, yeah, I'm playing Waddle every single week. Um, on, on most of the other teams though, or, a, or maybe probably even half, even if it was half the teams in our house league, six people, I bet you I could look at six teams, trade out Waddle for someone else saying, okay, well, this person got Waddle and this person got whatever. And Waddle's in a little bit more of a discussion, especially like some of the rookies had fantastic weeks last week. Like, you can't ignore someone like Addison and Zay Flowers right off the bat. Like, I think those receivers could start to move up in in people's rankings, but they didn't have a chance because they were rookies. So that's why I'm a little bit more like, well, let's see. The, the guy at the Rams who we just talked about, like, what if they just emerge and are phenomenal receivers? Then that starts to to change your conversation of your team a little bit. So I, that's, that's the only reason why I think Waddle's on a different level a tier below some of the people who I would never take out, like Amon Ross St. Brown, Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, probably like all these players who are like, yeah, they're, they're the, they're the tight, they're the wide receivers. Jefferson, they're the ones who you want to keep in your lineup. So that, that's why we're just looking at it differently. So yes, if people want to write in, I'd be happy to hear other points of view, but just for people to get in mind, because people sometimes get upset when they, when they <laughs> write in and it's like, well, you're dismissing my opinion. We're not going to dismiss your opinion. It's just, you're, it doesn't mean you're going to sway us. <laughs> just like, it depends what your argument is. But we both, you and I, Josh, have a different way to look at it. I don't know if our approach is going to change unless we finish last. Yeah. No. But we got to move on. We're running out of time. No, we're going to um, talk about Waddle. No, <laughs> we're, we're done with Waddle. Waddle. We're moving on. Let's talk about Garrett Wilson. Let's talk about your fine, sit fine. sweet Garrett, okay, Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. I, who am I sitting? and why am i sitting um yeah uh so garrett wilson i'm sitting because i'm i'm concerned about the quarterback situation i don't think zach wilson is the answer there i don't know what the new york jets are planning i think they came out and said a statement that we're keeping him and it's zach wilson's team or something but to, to but to me i think that's a mistake you didn't you didn't make it work last year with him you had to use a bunch of different quarterbacks so I think at the end of the day, Garrett Wilson um, caught an amazing touchdown against the Bills. He's going to be their number one receiver this year, but I think he's going to be in tough this week. As I mentioned, bit of I think it's going to be a bit more of a defensive battle for them. Um, and I like the I like the Cowboys defense. So take uh, take Wilson out. All right, and I will be sitting Traylon Burks. Uh, he Your finished. Boy. Yeah, uh, not not uh, not. He was my boy last year. Not my boy this year. I w- I was out as soon as DeAndre Hopkins went to the Titans. Um, Traylon Burks finished Week One tied with Derrick Henry for receptions and targets. That's where you want to be. Yeah, no, not at all. That for- tied for fourth with the guy who's famous for just running the ball down your throat and not really catching that many passes is not where you want to be <laughs> as a wide receiver. And outside of DeAndre Hopkins, like he is. He's the next guy up, so you'd think he would be more involved, and that was just not what happened. Didn't really look like they were even looking his way. They were hyper-targeting DeAndre Hopkins, especially when it was still like neck and neck going towards the end. It was pretty much every pass is going to Hopkins, so I am out on Traylon Burks until I see something different. 
All right, let's talk some tight ends. So my start of the week for tight ends, Sam Laporta, rookie tight end for the Detroit Lions. He was pretty heavily involved against the the Chiefs. He looked good. He's clearly going to be a part of the Lions passing game moving forward. Like he might end up being the number two option for uh, for the Lions on the season. He was in week one behind Amon Ross St. Brown. And like we were just talking about, like with Waddle, Addison, Higgins, like all those guys, like being the number two option on an offense that's scoring points, that's not a bad spot to be. And especially with what we saw last week with the tight end landscape, if he's going to guarantee to get like six to 10 targets a week, like I'll take that. I'll be happy at this point, especially because Kyle Pitts is my other option who <laughs> Mike's going to talk about in a minute. Yeah, I'm going to talk about him in a minute. Yeah, I mean, that that Lions-Seahawks matchup is going to be really interesting because I don't think either team played that well in week one. I know the Lions won against the Chiefs, but I still, some of the play calling that the Lions do, I know they have a really talented young team, but I'm, I'm still a little concerned about the Lions and the Seahawks. I think they've got to bounce back. Like they, they had an awful first week. So I think that's a really interesting game for me. So it's, it's a risk, but I can see what you're saying. Like he's obviously going to be part of the offense. Like they're, they're going to utilize him um, as much as they can. So he, in, in fantasy in our house league, he might be your only hope because your other hope is Kyle Pitts. Yep, exactly. <laughs> All right, who do you got? I've got Hunter Henry. Um, I think he had a good good first week. Um, I think, again, you, you've got to see some offense come somewhere uh, in, in that matchup I've talked a lot about, or I've talked to death about the, the Jets versus the Patriots. But I think Hunter Henry, Henry can, can get the job done. I think he's going to be part of Mac Jones' plan for success. They're going to utilize him um, in, in catching the ball. They're going to utilize him in different situations. He's a trusted commodity in the red zone so i think hunter henry is still safe to start this week yep fair enough definitely seemed like he was a go-to guy in the the red zone um all right let's hear the kyle pitts let's hear it yeah kyle pitts sit him um <laughs> listen i don't like the matchup <laughs> i i don't like the matchup for the falcons this week against green bay um i i again i i do think it's a bit of a toss-up was it green bay who who was really good or were the where the the Bears really bad in week one. It's kind of a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B situation because the Bears did not look really good. But at the end of the day, I really don't like the quarterback situation with the Falcons. I think they're going to be a run first team. We saw it with Algier, Bijan Robinson. I think they can run the ball. They've even got Cordell Pat Pat who could jump in there and, and run run the ball a little bit, get balls thrown to all three of them out of the backfield. I really don't think Kyle Pitts um, is worth starting this week. And I'm not just saying that because I want him out of your lineup, Josh, for our game this week. I don't think he's the better option than, than Slam Reporter for this week, but we'll see. We'll see what you do. That'll be a yeah. time we'll tell on that one. You you and I have the big week two matchup, so it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. Yeah. Even I don't know what I'm gonna do there yet. We'll see. We'll nope. see. <laughs> um my sit of the week for tight end is Dalton Schultz. So Schultz had four targets in week one, even though the Texans threw the ball 43 times. He tied with four other players at that total and was well behind Robert Woods and Nico Collins, who were both in the double digits category for uh, targets. The expectation with Schultz coming in is that he could be, if not the number one receiving option, at least in the top two, especially over Robert Woods. And we did not see that at all in week one. So until you see his role start to improve and he's actually a part of this offense and until you see a bit of an improvement in the offense as a whole, really, let's just leave Schultz on the bench. Yeah. 
All right, well, that is it for our week two starts and sits. Like I said earlier, become a pa- part of our Patreon if you want additional start sit options. And if you want some start sit options for the Thursday night games, that's where you can get them as part of our Discord community. Thank you for joining us. Take care. Stay safe.